stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. All right, welcome back. Rob Breckenridge with you. You know, recently there was a movie out called The Snowman. And I'm a big fan of the author Joe Nesbo, read most of his books. Joe Nesbo was in town a few years ago, got to interview him, which was pretty cool. And I was all, all excited to see the movie Snowman. That was the first Joe Nesbo book I read. I'd even convinced my wife that she was going to come and it was going to be great. But then I saw the reviews. Bad review after bad review after bad review. And I didn't go for that reason. Now, maybe if you get enough reviews that are that critical, it's a pretty good idea of what kind of a quality movie you're dealing with. But are we too easily swayed by movie reviews? And especially now with sites like Rotten Tomatoes, are these, are these movie reviews even more influential? Now, the movie Justice League was at the center of a controversy. It came out over the weekend. I mean, it did pretty well, but not quite as well as they thought it would. And this website, Rotten Tomatoes, they withheld the score for a few days. Now, this may all seem really esoteric. Wait, what does that mean? Because while Rotten Tomatoes does, it's a website that rounds up all the reviews. And they try to assign a score to each review. They get an average score. And uh, there you go. That's the movie score. So nowadays, you don't even have to read the review. Any of them. You just see the score. So it's pretty influential. And as we can see, it has an impact on how movies do at the box office, which, again, is maybe not new. But how much influence does it have on you? So it's an interesting story here. Joining us uh, to explore it a little bit further is uh, Brian Rafferty, uh, writer with Wired Magazine, Wired.com. Brian, thanks for joining us here. Oh, sure thing. Thanks for having me. I mean, at its essence, a movie review is the same as it was, you know, 60 years ago. Someone who goes to a movie sits down and writes uh, his thoughts about whether he liked it or not. But what's, what's different about this, this new reality? I think what Rotten Tomatoes is sort of changing, especially in the last, you know, two years or so, where it's become a lot more prominent, is that you know, there's always been word of mouth, and I think it's always sort of spread kind of pre-Internet. It would spread through conversations at parties and through reviews, and you would slowly start to see a consensus sort of form about a movie that you'd either want to go see it or you wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think now, now we have this sort of, um, we have these metrics that you can look at, and to some people, they sort of look like a, uh, a, a you know, a, a, a truth. Like they're like, well, here is here is the verdict on this movie. It is actually worth fifty eight percent, and you can look at that. And seeing that kind of word of mouth put into a data point um, is is kind of strange. I mean, for me, it's a, it's so weird that movies can now be reduced to a number. But at the same time, you know, when I grew up, there was the star system, and there were letter grades in Entertainment Weekly. So it's not totally different. What's different now, though, is that it arrives, you know, so quickly, and there's a lot of people very heavily invested in uh, what the scores are for some of these big summer and fall superhero movies. Well, there's so much at stake. I mean, it makes you wonder yeah. whether there's the potential for some monkey business. Um, but th- does it seem, I mean, is there any of that going on? I mean, not that I've seen. I mean, what's, what's happened in recent years is that, you know, the DC movies have kind of been beaten up quite a bit by critics. Obviously, Wonder Woman, which, you know, at this point is, you know, looking like it could get a Best Picture nomination for the Oscars, is probably the only Disney, the only DC movie to really get a big critical momentum. The rest of them have been pretty much beaten up, and they've gotten these very low scores. And I think there are some DC fans who have wondered in recent years, you know, is there some sort of, you know, conspiracy here? And I think it would be very hard to, to juke those stats. And I, and I think at this point, the number of critics who contribute to Rotten Tomatoes, if there was something going on, I think 
there, there would be outrage about this. But I think it does speak to the power of these numbers now that, that people really want movies to succeed commercially and critically. And they know, I think people know now that if a very big movie gets a pretty weak Rotten Tomatoes score in the days before it opens, its, its box office could be very well be troubled. Well, and maybe that's good in a way for the movie seeing public because we don't want to have to sit through bad movies if there's an added incentive for Hollywood to make good movies. Isn't that good for us? I guess so. I mean, look, I mean, I've always relied on reviews, but I've always relied on reviews as sort of more of um, I Here's the thing. I, I love movies, but I've always actually read the reviews after I see the movie. I like yeah. reviews have never been the sole am I going to see it or not. Once in a while, if there's something I'm kind of on the fence about, and it's getting amazing reviews or it's getting really killed, you know, and for reasons of saving time and money, I'll be like, I will sit that one out. But, you know, I do think I, I do think what troubles me a little bit is that, you know, there are some people now who look at these scores and say, well, this is obviously, this is uh, true. Here it is. Here's, your, here's the verdict. And it's, a, it's an objective fact that you can point to where, in fact, you know, Rotten Tomatoes, there are certain movies that have gotten really bad Rotten Tomatoes scores that I loved or vice versa, you know, and I think ultimately... You know, I think for people who solely use this as their, as their guidepost for picking movies, I think they're going to miss out on some stuff. Because isn't there almost like societal pressure? Isn't it something that people don't want to admit? Who wants to admit that I liked a movie that the critics hated? That's like a, that's, that's some, it's a horrible admission. I guess so. I feel like in the Internet era, maybe it's a little less so. I think now people love to point out. I think there's a certain amount of people who get a lot of pride from, from perhaps yeah, loving something that no one else liked. I mean, I, like, I certainly, uh, I've certainly championed movies and told friends to go see movies that they wound up hating. Or, or, you know, or I've told people to stay away from movies that they wound up loving. I mean, I think what's interesting is, is I think sometimes now you'll see these movie debates online where people, people used to just argue about a movie forever and whether they liked it or not. And now you'll see people trying to end the conversation by saying, well, look, it only got a 53%, therefore I am right that it's bad, um, which is kind of an interesting, to have that metric to point to is, is sort of a new wrinkle in the way movies are argued about. Right, because it's almost as though people hold their breath for these numbers. You see the trailer and you get excited, and then you just sit there all nervous like, oh my goodness, what's the score going to be? Uh, I mean, it's, it, it seems to have a disproportionate amount of influence. Yeah, and I think, I think especially for a movie like Justice League, which, you know, is... For, for Warner Brothers who are making these movies and for the DC fans who really want these movies to succeed, you know, commercially and creatively, this was a very important movie. Um, you know, I wrote about it recently. I think I called it a $300 million infrastructure project, which it is. It's supposed to streamline and set up all these new move, all these new superhero spinoffs. And people really want it to be good. I mean, they, people really love these heroes. DC fans see that these Marvel movies are doing, you know, really well critically and commercially and want to sort of see their team do that do equally well and it's i think some of them take it personally when these movies do not turn out to be the way they want to or when they love them and can't understand why critics are are, are pummeling them right well even get these situations where people haven't yet seen the movie uh and they're getting mad at the movie reviewers because they gave it a bad review and they've got so much at stake personally they want it to be good so they're upset about the review of a movie that they haven't even seen yeah, and I think that's sort of the, that, that's also, that's a very strange sort of twist, and it's kind of where we are now with the Internet, where you can, you know, it used to be if you didn't like a movie critic, you would write them a letter to the newspaper and you would get forwarded to them or printed or be totally ignored, and now you can just, 
you know, tweet at movie critics and tell them how angry you are about this. Or, and a lot of times, you know, there is a lot of judgment passed online about a movie um, before anyone sees it. And that's kind of, you know, trailers always, that's what trailers always did. You would see a trailer and go, I don't want to see that, or I do want to see it. Now the trailer or the reviews, or you see the reviews and you go, well, this is bad. This is good. You know, it, it seems like there's some sort of weird... Um, like things are being determined a little bit ahead of time in the sort of, you know, sort of Twitter mob mentality that greets so many things nowadays. Right. Well, the weird twist with the people who think Rotten Tomatoes is out to get uh, the DC movies, because Rotten Tomatoes is owned in part, kind of by extension, by Warner Brothers, which owns the DC movies, right? Yeah, I mean, they're a financial partner in Rotten Tomatoes, and I think another studio is, too. I believe Universal is. And, you know, I think what happened was, you know, Rotten Tomatoes had a new Facebook web series. They were, you know, doing a big episode, and they wanted to save the, you know, the Justice League score as their big kind of, you know, uh, reveal that night. And, you know, I think because people were expecting it to be bad, uh, there were some accusations. on People were frustrated online because they thought that perhaps because this score was going to be not great, that Warner Brothers was, was asking you know, Rotten Tomatoes to delay the score. And again, it's, to people who are not comic book fans or movie fans or Rotten Tomatoes watchers, I realize this all sounds ridiculous. It's like a mm-hmm. giant, you know, it's like people <laughs> spending hours online waiting to see a percentage number for a movie they haven't seen yet and for which they've probably already bought tickets. I oh, mean, yeah. you know, all these fans are going to see the movie anyway. Um, but I do, you know, I think some of the DC fans, they get a little, there's a lot of um, vitriol that pops up, but I, I understand also that feeling of really wanting a movie to be great. I mean, it, it's, I understand why you could start to feel a little bit beat up mm-hmm. if this thing that you love is somehow not working once it's being turned into a movie. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, more at Wired.com. Brian, we'll leave it there. Thanks so much for making some time for us. I really appreciate it. You got it. No All right, take care. Me. Brian Rafferty is a writer with Wired uh, Magazine, Wired.com. And, I mean, it speaks to that fundamental experience of enjoying, seeing and enjoying a, a great movie. And you think about your favorite movies, you can remember them in detail years later. You quote them, and uh, you'll watch them over and over again, and you'll experience those feelings all over again. Right? I mean, it's, it's a great experience. And so, yeah, we, we want that. You see a movie, you see the trailer, you see a commercial for it, you're excited about it. You really want it to be a great experience. There's nothing worse than being disappointed by a movie you're excited about. To walk out of that theater thinking, holy cow, that movie sucked. <laughs> That's awful. But it's weird now. It's, it's all about these, these algorithms and these numbers. Look, if there's a movie reviewer who you trust, who over the years uh, that, that you can tell, hey, he liked that movie, I liked that movie. He didn't like that one, I didn't like that one. So I kind of trust this guy. That's one thing. Right? But to go off this score from some website, it just seems really weird. All right, listen, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, we're going to shift gears on a more serious note. An interesting a new study out on cancer. And an important question I want to get into. How much of it is in our hands? How much is fate? How preventable is cancer? We'll explore that in a few minutes. Stay with us. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.